0: Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva and I am your host for episode 33. In this episode, we will be hearing from Josh Smith on the subject of pride. The title is, Decreasing the Curve. This is an uncomfortable subject because we all deal with pride. However, we need to talk about it, and we need the Bible to guide us away from this deadly sin in our lives. We need to move from a life of pride to a life of humility and grace. Hello and welcome to this podcast. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we want to remind you that we're approaching these podcasts with you, the listener, in mind. We really do pray for you, we care about you, and that's why we're putting these short podcasts together. Today's podcast is called Decreasing the Curve. Decreasing the Curve. We've heard a lot recently about flattening the curve. For the majority of us, this is something that we've never really thought of before the coronavirus. Authorities and health officials are now stressing the necessity to avoid a sudden spike in COVID-19 infections. Thankfully, now that the curve seems to be flattening, we're praying that the numbers continue to decrease so that the curve will continue its downward trend. And what I want to talk about today is a topic that can go along those same lines. I think you would agree that the pandemic of pride is also a very contagious one. It's so easy to get infected. Like that verse in Hebrews says, uh, it's like a sin that so easily entangles. And it's quite difficult to flatten or even decrease its curve. For the infected person, it can even be very difficult to detect. So often, the symptoms are misdiagnosed as ambition or success, and it can manifest itself in even more subtle ways through social media posts or affluent lifestyles. Perhaps the most lethal part of the disease is in the religious realm where shades of legalism and hypocrisy can be noted. I've recently been studying in the book of Mark and that gospel begins with John the Baptist, Um, his appearance, his message, his role. He had a really important role and he had a powerful message that takes center stage at the beginning of that book. It seems that the whole city was leaving Jerusalem to come out and hear him preach and to be baptized by him. He had a growing number of followers and a strong reprimand for the religious leaders of his day. His influence was growing so remarkably that a concerned King Herod had him thrown in jail. John the Baptist was significant enough that his death was actually requested at the same king's party a number of years afterwards. Even Jesus himself said of John the Baptist that he was one of the greatest to have ever been born. And what I'm going to suggest to you today, I'm going to think that you agree with this, is that if anyone could have justifiably, justifiably battled pride, it would have been John the Baptist. He had so many things going for him all those things however you remember that his message was one that went like this there's someone greater who's coming there was a greater one who was coming john the baptist even admitted himself that he was not worthy to untie or carry this person's sandal and we know that he was speaking about the lord jesus christ when john was put in prison i find it interesting to note that he did not request that Jesus liberate him or free him from his, his imprisonment. I find it interesting that he never asked to become one of the 12, one of those 12 disciples. His goal was not necessarily to become an apostle, and he didn't try to retain his followers once Jesus Christ began his ministry. His message was clear. It said, Behold the Lamb of God. There was a transition that was taking place that John was ushering in, and he realized when his time had come to a point where he would now display the Lord Jesus, and his message would be that the Lord Jesus was the Lamb of God. His untimely death during the ministry of the Lord Jesus brought an abrupt end to his mission, yet he seemed to be satisfied to have completed his part. He was content in prison in that sense, and even in death, to have just prepared the way. I notice so many areas of humility in the, in the life of John the Baptist. He makes a notable statement in John chapter 3, and I'm sure that you can even take the time today to look this up and to meditate on these words. But listen to the words of John the Baptist it comes immediately following the meeting of the Lord Jesus and Nicodemus. And John begins to say some things to his disciples, his followers, that had uh, entered into a dispute. And as they came to John, he makes this powerful and weighty statement. John says, speaking of the Lord Jesus, He must increase and I must decrease. I'm going to say that again just so that the weight of it really takes hold. He must increase. He starts with him. He must increase and I must decrease. Jesus Christ must increase and John the Baptist must decrease. Could we pause for just a moment and consider the weight of that statement? Now, what if what if you and I applied that to our lives? What if we took those words personally? Jesus Christ must increase and Josh Smith must must decrease. I have to be honest with you, as I was preparing to put these things together for the podcast, there have been several moments where I wanted to turn away to another topic, another subject, another area, because frankly, it would be easier. As we're putting these things together, and as uh, I'm studying these things, I'm feeling its impact on me very personally <clears throat> because this is an area where we all struggle. This is an area where I struggle. And the moment we start to put together any sort of a meditation, or a podcast, or a message, or even a personal devotion on pride, it becomes very evident. And I'm speaking to you very transparently right now that it's a struggle for me. And as a listener to this podcast as one who's who's listening and considering these things, it would be recommended to take a moment and just ask God in prayer, is there an area in my life, like pride, that is beginning to creep in? It so easily entangles us. I recently had to have a test for the COVID-19 Uh, virus the coronavirus and the test itself was extremely unpleasant maybe you've heard about it maybe you've seen things on the internet about how that takes place and they have to take a swab and it goes in your nose and it's uh, considerably uncomfortable I remember going up to the drive-through and I asked the the man who was there and he said I I asked him are you going to have to um, do the very uncomfortable test because I know there's other ways to do it and he said no this is the kind of tests that we have, and it was extremely uncomfortable. After it was completed, uh, I could barely speak. And he said, "Was it as bad as you expected?" And I said, "I'm not really sure how to answer that." And I could barely speak just because of the the nature of what was going on. And and uh, he said, "I'll just take that as a yes." The test was very uncomfortable, and I consider this thought, these thoughts on pride to be, in much of the same way, uncomfortable. It is a difficult test to administer. It is an even more difficult test to experience. And I trust that all of us today would take a few moments and consider the struggle that we all have with pride. This mindset that John the Baptist was, was emphasizing is a mindset that is completely opposite to our social media age where every post says, look at me, think about me, comment about me. I pray that God would constantly and forcefully remind me that for me to live is Christ. Don't look at me. Don't think about me. Don't talk about me. Look at him. Think about him. Talk about him, the Lord Jesus. Again, as I think of those simple thoughts, It comes crashing down in my own life. I want to think about him more. I want to look at him more. I want to talk about him more and less about me. And I trust that you're following those same wavelengths and you're thinking along those same lines. And So I want to ask you respectfully and and with compassion, what are the statistics saying about the trajectory of your life, the trajectory of our lives? Is the pandemic of pride spiking to unreasonable and alarming levels? Maybe the words of John the Baptist will help flatten the curve of pride. He must increase and I must decrease. Ultimately, the paths have been made straight to the Lord Jesus as the supreme example. Listen and consider these words from Philippians chapter 2. Very familiar verses. Have this mind... to the point of death, even a death on a cross. This is our Savior. This is the Son of God. This is the one who loved us and gave himself for us. What humility. We see it so often in his life. I was just enjoying reading again through the book of Mark the way in which he had personal relationships with people. Perhaps you've met someone who's famous or a celebrity or someone who everyone respects and knows about. And when it came to meeting you as an individual, there was just no connection there. And uh, you could tell he was just putting in, he or she was just putting in time, but not with the Lord Jesus. Do you remember the woman who wanted to just sneak into the crowd as it was passing by and just reach out and touch the bottom of his clothes so that she could be healed. And perhaps what's going through her mind is that I just want to be healed, and he can keep going. He's already on his way somewhere else to perform another healing miracle. I'll just touch the hem of his garment, experience that uh, great blessing and benefit, and he will continue on, and I will go back to me. But you remember, the Lord Jesus stops. And the whole crowd stops, and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are getting... Uh, upset, and they're saying, uh, you know, there, there's a whole crowd of people around you. Of course people are touching you. But he stops, and he brings this woman to him. He goes to the woman, and he has a personal connection with her. When it comes to salvation, when it comes to him dealing with us, with God even dealing with us, it's not always... It's not usually done in these large mass gatherings, but God wants to have a personal relationship with us. The humility of the Lord Jesus in that he stops and he has a personal interaction with this woman. He could have just kept going. He could have just had her experience the healing, but he had a personal experience with her. What an opportunity. What a privilege to us to enjoy that, to be thankful that God wants have a personal, uh, personal relationship with us through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's evident throughout His life. in In considering that when He healed people, He healed them individually. There is one point in the book of Matthew where it says that He stopped and He healed them all, but that took so much time that there were points where He couldn't even eat. The Lord Jesus. Had to go many hours sometimes without eating, without being able to even take care of himself because he was a personal savior. And he healed them, he laid hands on them individually. I find that to be very fascinating, very interesting. Something that causes worship and praise as we meditate. On the lord jesus and even the the repeated reminders in the gospels that he drew his disciples near to him when they were alone he explained the parables and that's what he wants to do with us what humility by this one who was did not count equality with god as a thing to be grasped he was in the form of god he was and is and forever will be god and yet he takes the time to have a personal relationship with us the flip side of that you can look in history and see many people who were not humble and their pride got in the way as i have written many of these words and and put much of this together it was actually on the 75th anniversary just last week of ve day the day when world war ii ended and there was victory in europe as i read several articles from a historical vantage point Uh, different things about the german nazi leader adolf hitler who was generally considered who is generally recognized to be responsible for much of what happened in world war ii this man was one who had enormous amounts of pride his reckless ambition he listened to very few people who did not agree with him and as the war continued and things got worse and worse he listened to fewer and fewer people Another mark of pride. Reckless ambition is one, listening to fewer and fewer people is two. And his great motivation is to just avoid failure or avoid any sort of embarrassment that might reflect poorly on him. We can see examples of that in the Old Testament. The uh the first king of Israel, Saul, uh he is so recklessly ambitious that he makes things happen without waiting for god and he makes that sacrifice a huge mistake he doesn't even listen to his son jonathan he listens to fewer and fewer people depending only on himself his pride is is growing and he's highly motivated by the shame of david's uh, notoriety skyrocketing while his popularity is is going down all signs of someone who's struggling with pride And so as we take a few moments today to consider this short meditation, I trust it will be something edifying and something that can build us up in that this pride is something that the Bible weighs heavily on in its teaching. And we need to let that fall on us sometimes. We need to be able to come under the weight of what God is trying to tell us. And I want to tell you again, just from... Uh, a standpoint of vulnerability and transparency that this has been something that's speaking to me directly. I trust that these words from John the Baptist, who if anyone could have struggled with pride justifiably, it would have been him. But notice these words, and may they bring a blessing to you today. He must increase, and I must decrease. May God bless these simple thoughts today.